The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Our world is always so rush, rush. We can never get any personal time to ourselves, let alone those that we love. Welcome to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. Our mission, to reintroduce kindness and compassion to our busy lives. Remember when life was so much simpler? Gabriella and her guests today will pick up the ball of human kindness and by doing so, empower you to make changes in your own life. And now, here is Gabriella Von Ray. Hi everyone and welcome to another Might Radio Show. This week we're talking about the understanding the difference between sex and labor trafficking the best model, and how you can help. Our guest today is Ramon Guillen. Ramon, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Gabrielle. It's a pleasure. It, it is a pleasure to have you on the show because BEST, let me just quickly explain to the listeners, BEST stands for Building Empowerment by Stopping Trafficking. And you are part of this organization. Tell me what you do. Well, BEST is an organization, as you mentioned, that helps victims um, empower themselves and to get out of a situation where they are being trafficked by uh, either sophisticated parties or less uh, sophisticated parties. I myself am an attorney um, licensed to practice law here in Florida, and I am part of the BEST Laws program. I am the lead staff attorney at BEST, and what we do specifically is we work with first responders to help victims upon identifications, federal agencies or state agencies, law enforcement and social workers will contact us and let us know that they have a person that they suspect is a victim of trafficking. Sometimes we get tips from our community, from different communities throughout the United States, and we assign an attorney that is licensed to practice law in the state where the victim is located to help interview the victim, establish a confidential relationship, and have a life coach help that victim um, get out of the situation that they're in and into a situation where they're safe, they're productive, Mm -hmm. and they Mm -hmm. can grow out of their current situation. So we work with law enforcement and we work with members of our community uh, to help victims out of their difficult situations. How long have you been doing this and how long has the organization best existed? Best is a new organization. It's been around since 2012. Um, okay. Our directors and members of our board of directors have been doing this for much longer. Uh, they've mm-hmm. just what they did was they've been involved in human trafficking in different arenas throughout. Um, I want to say for the over the last decade, and what they've been doing is they've been identifying where victims need help the most. And okay. what they have done is they have created a model that identifies the victim and separates people that are victims from of uh, human trafficking from victims of other crimes like domestic violence um, or rape or any of these other crimes or prostitution. Um, and they, they are able to identify the victims of human trafficking and then allocate the services that those individuals need that are custom tailored to those individuals by 
assigning them either uh, a doctor for, for, for certain medical care or an attorney for legal situations that may arise out of their trafficking situation. Um, and I myself have been doing this since June of this year. I've uh, been involved with BEST, and I, well, I've been practicing law for about a year now. So it's an excellent opportunity for me to help people in my community. I've been passionate about this all throughout law school. I wrote an article called Women Enslaving Women. Um, I co-wrote that with uh, two other uh, law professors, and we are uh, published in the University of Southern California to help uh, bring awareness of types of the different types of trafficking, including labor trafficking specifically, is what that article was about. But wow. trafficking can happen in both sex and labor trafficking. Yeah, and, and this is exactly, you know, what what I want to discuss and for the listeners, because I've had a couple of shows on human trafficking, and we seem to have uh, not defined for the regular Joe like me the difference between sex trafficking and labor trafficking, because we kind of throw it all in that big umbrella of human trafficking, but there is a quite a distinction, and it was really interesting listening to you the other day about the distinction. So if you could tell us uh, exactly the distinction between sex trafficking and labor trafficking, that'd be great, and the model best. Of course. Um, well, the first thing is, uh, and, and this is a very common mistake, a lot of people say human trafficking and they don't seem to understand what human trafficking is. So there's a difference okay. between human trafficking and human smuggling. Human smuggling happens when a person is brought into this country from a different country, and they're brought in for the sole purpose of evading uh, law enforcement and in order for them to just come to this country. That is human smuggling. That is not human trafficking. Human trafficking, in the case of an immigrant who's coming into this country, begins uh, not just with the purpose of transportation. It begins with the exploitation of the person. Um, all all human trafficking requires some element of exploitation, which is the abuse of an individual, either sexual or um, physical, in, in order to derive some pecuniary gain on behalf of the trafficker. So, in essence, that would mean if I put somebody in a situation that they otherwise would not want to be in and make them do something in order for me to gain money at their cost, at their expense, without any, you know, through force or fraud or deceit, if they're an adult or if they're a minor, if they force them to do something um, that they wouldn't otherwise do, for example, force a minor to have sex in exchange for money for the trafficker, um, that is sufficient to be human trafficking. So it's important okay. that I say the difference between a minor and an adult, because a minor that is under the age of, uh, any person under the age of 18 that is forced to have sex uh, in exchange for money for the trafficker um, does not require force, does not require coercion, does not require fraud, and does not require deceit of any kind. Why? Because a minor is incapable of making the decision uh, legally as to whether or not they are going to submit to this kind of coercion. They are presumed to have already committed to that. It's, a, it's an element that is presumed already to have been met. Okay, so all minors of sex trafficking are human trafficking victims, but adults require coercion, fraud, uh, deceit, or something along that nature for them to have been, to fall into that category. But Ramon, what if you're taken for human trafficking and you're already a young woman of 22? That happens too. Yes, it absolutely does. Where, where does fact, that fall then, that category? 
In of fact, course. one of the things that we do at BEST is we have a matrix, and this matrix helps us identify victims of human trafficking from people that are not victims of human trafficking, but that are victims of their crimes. So let's use that example. You mentioned a, a, a woman who is 22 years old who has been exploited. Say she was recruited to enter into a prostitution ring. Let's just use that as an example because it's a very common example. I'll give you how it usually occurs in, in my experience. You have a woman who's offered a modeling position in a different state. Mm -hmm. They groom them by telling them, yes, there's a position, a modeling position here in Texas. If you would please come to our state and come with me, I will introduce you to the people and get you some photo shoots and then you'll go ahead and move from there. So then the model, leaves from their home where they have a network of people, friends, family that they rely on, and they move to a place that they're more vulnerable. And once they get to that location, the grooming process begins. They begin to develop uh, an affiliation with the person. The person introduces them to friends. They introduce them to different parties. They get them involved in, in social gatherings. At the whole time, the victim is completely isolated from their family, and they're completely reliant upon the, 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 tra the trafficker. And this recruitment stage begins innocently enough, and then it, be it evolves into something more and more uh, menacing. And the violence and the threats begin as the victim becomes more and more involved in this life. Oh, well, the, you know, the modeling shoot doesn't, it takes time. Oh, you need food. Well, you know, nothing's free. We can go ahead and give you a loan, um, but you're going to have to pay that back with interest. And once there's a debt situation, then there's a, you have to pay that money back or else. And mm -hmm. I have a way for you to make that money. Here's a stripper pole. And, you know, it goes on from there. So victims yep. can be older and be manipulated into either situation and through coercion, deceit, and fraud and threat of force and violence can be forced to do things that they otherwise would not be doing, and then that's when the exploitation begins, and that's when the victim is trafficked. So the moment, okay, that was my question. So the exploitation does become human trafficking at a certain point? Yes, it becomes trafficking okay. once all three elements are met. There has to be an act by the trafficker. There has to be, for an adult, there has to be exploitation, and then there has to be threat of force or coercion or fraud or deceit that led to the exploitation of the of the individual. So act by trafficker, exploitation and deceit. Well, deceit can be a uh, part of it. It's um, fraud, coercion, threat of force. Uh, the exact definition was actually agreed upon by the United Nations, where all the countries throughout the, uh, the world, because this is a global pandemic, all came to a uh, definition. If you want, I could read it for you so your audience can hear it. It says trafficking in persons. Yeah, it says trafficking in persons shall mean the recruitment, transportation, transfer, harboring, or receipt of a person by means of the threat or use of force or other forms of coercion, of abduction, of fraud, of deceit of the abuse of power or of a position of vulnerability or of the giving and re receiving of payments or benefits to achieve the consent of a person having control over another person for the purpose of exploitation. And then exploitation is further defined as meaning, uh, at a minimum, the exploitation of prostitution of others or uh, or other forms of sexual exploitation, forced labor or services, slavery, or practices similar to slavery, servitude, or the removal of organs. And actually, that was just a recent um, important 
changes that the removal of organs, at least in certain laws throughout the country, has been incorporated a lot slower than the original definition. But if a person, you know, has you in a situation where you're vulnerable, has you go to sleep and you wake up and, you know, some of your organs have been removed, that also constitutes human trafficking. Yeah, I've heard that. Wow. Could you tell me um, the statistic exactly for 2012? How many have been trafficked? Traffic. Well, uh, the Polaris Project offers several numbers, and there's several numbers that are out there. And here's a very important uh, point before I start giving statistics, because it's a very hard statistic to come to a specific number. The reason why is because there's, as we mentioned, the difference between sex trafficking and labor trafficking. There's a lot of people that just are not reported. But those reported incidences that we know of are given as a sampling, and The Polaris Project has indicated this is an organization that was, uh, it's a quasi-governmental agency that deals with human trafficking, and they have a hotline that they deal with uh, trafficking. They estimate that there's about 100,000 children estimated in sex trade in the United States each year. And this is just minors in sex trade. Uh, There's well over that um, when it comes to human trafficking for labor and in uh, sex trafficking for adults. Uh, you know, best, as far as best, best estimates are concerned, we are under the, we're falling under the guidelines of the UN model and we discuss uh, certain things. We estimate there's a, roughly double that, maybe 200, 250,000. But again, this number is something that we're not 100% accurate. It's, not, it's impossible no, to course. give the exact figure, but you know, generally speaking, based off of the sampling that we've been able to ascertain, we figure that there's a, a, a huge number of people that are trafficked in the United States every year. But it is not a United States-only problem. There's no, no problems all over it's, the world. It's worldwide. You know, Africa, Europe, South Let's America, keep that Central. thought for a moment. We need to go into a commercial break, and we're going to be right back. Of course. Thank you. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Want the inside scoop about what's going on in the social networks of art and entertainment? Tune in to Star Power Hour, brought to you by 4talent.com. We'll talk to the top professionals in the entertainment industry and find out what they're working on and what's next. Your host is James Barber, who has his finger on the pulse of the arts and entertainment world. Star Power Hour, brought to you by 4talent.com, live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus Drug Discount Card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies, but 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Start saving today. Print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word talk radio to 96362. You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? 
Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A-V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. And everyone, welcome back to Might Radio. And if you're just tuning in, we are here with guest Ramon Guillon. I hope I said that correctly. Understanding the difference between sex and labor trafficking, the best model and how you can help. Best stands for building empowerment by stopping trafficking. Ramon, I hope I said your name correct and that I didn't. Yes, you did. Ruin <laughs> everything. Um, it's so interesting to listen to all these differences and we'll try to get to every single point. But it'd be really, really great to hear a little bit about labor trafficking because when I basically dial in to any U.S. news station, I hear more about sex trafficking than I hear about labor trafficking. Well, labor tra trafficking actually happens in many different forms. Um, there is a more mom-and-pop feel to labor trafficking, which is the domestic servant, the nanny, who is living within the home of the family that they're tra with their traffickers, and they work for their traffickers to the complete isolation of people around them. Oftentimes, um, labor trafficking victims, and these are the hardest ones to find because they are such a small entity and they have so limited exposure to the outside world that it's very unlikely that people will find them unless family members or friends that are visiting homes are aware that this even exists um, and they're able to find out for themselves or, or identify whether a person might be a victim. It's almost impossible to detect. So the way it normally happens in a, in a domestic situation is you have a domestic servant or a nanny that lives in a home and telltale signs that a person can look for are a door that has a lock from the outside that leads to a bedroom. That is a telltale sign. If you're staying in a person's home and they have servants and you see a door that leads to a room with a bed and that bed has a lock from the outside, that is a servant, uh, that, that is a very, very, it's a strong indicator that this person is a victim of human trafficking, that they're a domestic servant. Also, nannies um, that are, you know, required to take care of children often have a very similar situation, live in nannies, where they have a locked-in situation in their rooms. Now, oftentimes they're threatened and, and what not with violence to their families back home in their home countries, or they're threatened with violence if they don't do what they are supposed to. They're denied food. They're kept without bathing if necessary to humiliate and, 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 and teach these people their place. There's some situations, incidences where they throw food into the room without a plate to force the person to eat off the floor. It's just deplorable that the conditions that these humans live in. But, But Ramon, isn't this like slavery of years ago? When I listen to this, we're thinking slavery, like like in, in the 1900s, early 1900s in America, no? Yeah, yes, it's, it's actually, it is exactly that. <laughs> it is slavery. There is, human trafficking is the modern term for slavery, and okay. it, it's become an issue that is prevalent, in, very prevalent, especially in the United States, in other countries as well. In the domestic situation, the government is actually trying very hard to identify victims of labor trafficking. Um, other forms of labor trafficking, as you mentioned earlier, uh, you wanted to know more about, are agricultural and industrial um, human trafficking victims. And these take the place of, of farmers. Uh, farmers often, uh, that, I'm sorry, farmers are, are, are strong 
hardworking uh, men and women out there in the United States, and, and there's very legitimate organizations out there farming, you know, communities and, and, and people that do not employ slaves uh, or do not use slaves to, to work on their fields, but there are farmers that use slaves and there are farmers that traffic in persons in order to achieve a more desirable uh, outcome, to lower their prices, to reduce the amount of competition that they have, to increase their their profit margin, and these victims are kept in barns. They're often kept in trailers near their agricultural location, um, wherever they're, they're farming. They're required to do so many bushels of a certain fruit uh, within a time period, or they don't eat. Um, they are separated from their families, and as a result, they're forced to do things that they otherwise would not do. Several times, um, the people that are controlling them, the traffickers, scare them into working by putting a gun to one of the heads of one of the people that's there and, you know, threatening the rest of them with an action very similar and playing a Russian roulette-style, you know, situation to mm -hmm. indicate their lives are in the hands of the trafficker at any given time. And I have a, I have a question right here. Sorry to interrupt you, but um, I think for the listener, this is interesting. See, w when I talk with the average person in the United States about this, and I don't have your knowledge, but I try to bring awareness to the subject, then I often get the answer... Well, it doesn't concern me because it's always coming from third... The victims are from third world countries. But isn't that not... Isn't that kind of not totally true? Don't we have people in circumstances that are actually Americans or, or that have lived here for years but that are in dire straits that are used in this kind of way too? Yes, very much so. And it's, I'm glad that you bring that up. Um, there are American people... Uh, American citizens that are enslaved all the time in the United States and other other places. Uh, you don't have to be from a certain country to uh, be a slave. It's any person that is exploited or forced to perform, and, and in a way that is forced or, or through fraud or deceit or debt bondage, uh, is forced to commit work that otherwise they would not have done. Um, by an act of a trafficker. And it, it can happen anywhere in the country. We are very fortunate. We have 50 states and 50 states that have laws that protect us. But the thing is that unless people know how to identify a victim, those victims are not likely to speak up because they're terrified for themselves, they're terrified for their families, or they have this looming debt that is over their head and they're forced to perform these work, this work in exchange for debt. Debt bondage so is the most common form of, of control for Americans in, 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 and force as well. So what you're telling me really is that we, the bystander, need to actually become really active and report this. Do we report this to your organization best, or how do well, we do that? Well, here's the thing. There's, there's different things. If, if there's an immediate danger or, or some kind of imminent threat, call 911. Uh, don't call best in that situation because it's not going to lead to something that's going to help the victim. It's in, instead, it's, it might hurt them because it's precious time that might help save the person. So 911 is the first number you should call. Um, okay. If you feel that there is a victim or you know of a victim or you suspect there might be a victim, you can call our hotline. Um, our victim's hotline is 855-BEST-811. That's 855 877 8811. 
Um, you could also get information from our website at beststoptrafficking.org. That will help you identify what else you can do in your communities to help with regards to these situations. A way that people can get involved is by having uh, communicating with their homeowners associations, uh, speaking with their homeowners associations and saying, hey, listen, let's keep an eye out for this. Have a best team specialist come and present to your homeowners association. We can do that through Skype or we can go to your home, uh, your, your homeowners association meeting and we can discuss how, you know, labor trafficking can be fought in their homes and in but, their neighborhoods. And if they're but, looking for agricultural, they can just call our hotline as well and we can help them by sending um, people that are trained to help identify and, and locate these individuals and help them reach the help they need. Absolutely. But what I find that people tell me, and, and how do we deal with that when you call the police and maybe either they're not responsive enough to what you're saying, or they use your name and it happens to be your neighbor and then people don't feel that it's anonymous, right? So how, how, how do you deal with that part? Well, you can call, <clears throat> by calling the, uh, the best hotline, what we do is we send um, our version of a first responder. We would find, a, a, we would get in contact with the victim um, if we are able to get in contact with the victim, hopefully in a situation that they are separated from their trafficker, uh, more than likely in that situation, because the last thing that we want to do is draw attention to that victim. So we would contact the victim individually, uh, either by in-person or by a telephone conversation, and it would be a, um, an attorney in order of offering pro bono legal services. It would be free of charge. There's nothing. Mm -hmm. All of our services are free. And we would initiate a conversation explaining confidentiality, how it works, and explaining that you know, anything that they tell us would be strictly confidential, and we're offering the assistance to get them out of a situation where they are, if they are, in fact, a uh, trafficking victim. The first thing that we do as a best uh, team always is assess whether or not a person is, in fact, a victim. We use a best matrix, which it shows us strong indicators of human trafficking. We ask certain questions. When we identify if a person has strong indicators of human trafficking, then we continue and offer them services. If they're just a victim of a different crime, we usually give them the information of where they can contact to get help that, you know, to get the services that they need to help them out of the situation that they're in. Because okay. it's really a gray area. It's hard to define because there's threat of force, you know, deceit, fraud. There's so many different ways that a person can be caught up in this that unless law enforcement is properly trained in identifying, they probably wouldn't be able to figure out much less, you know, the average Joe on the street, as you were mentioning, being able to figure out whether a person's a victim of human trafficking or not. Best has is, a matrix, is, identifies the trafficking victim, and we can provide them the help that they need to get out of the situation they're in. Okay, does, does the victim find it really hard to trust your organization even? Well, a victim always has a hard time identifying whether or not they can trust anyone. Because remember, mm -hmm. they have been victimized so severely that trust is a very important part of the process. We, at best, don't provide anything unless the victim, it's him or herself, chooses to help themselves. They need to want to make that choice to step out of the situation that they're, that they're in. We offer them the path. The entire model of BEST, everything that we do, focuses on helping the victim identify his or her own goals and then achieving those goals by growing into them. Um, a life coach, in fact, is exactly what one of the things that they do is – besides offering paraprofessional services to the attorney, is they offer 
assistance in identifying the goal of the trafficking victim, helping the victim achieve those goals, not by doing it for them, but by offering them the different paths that the victim, him or herself, must take to achieve those goals and encouraging them all the step, every step of the way. So trust is something that is earned. And it's yeah, not something fantastic. that is just given. Um, and we try our best to show the trafficking victim, hey, listen, we're here to help you. We can ha- take you to a safe place. Uh, we have secure shelters where all the people that are living in the shelter is are screened. Um, we have there, it's usually a family style environment, so it's a you know a person who has volunteered to offer protection to an individual that is a trafficking victim. All these locations are anonymous, so that they're not available to the public. People can't just go looking for these victims of human trafficking, and the identities of these victims are very, very, very closely guarded to ensure that the victim one understands that once they have accepted to become a part of the best model or choose to enroll themselves in the best model, that they themselves will be protected and will be secured um, so that their traffickers can no longer influence and try and control them. Yeah, absolutely. It is really interesting what you're saying, Ramon, and I have so many questions back, but we need to take a little commercial break and we'll be right back, everyone. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Listen for Trust Across America every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in as host Jordan Kimmel is joined by national experts in the fields of accounting, finance, organizational behavior, and sustainability, as well as companies that are applying strategies that are enabling them to be recognized as doing the right thing by the American Trust Awards. Your host Jordan Kimmel is himself a trusted professional with years of experience in applying strategies and consulting with today's leading firms. Trust Across America is heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to share success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Hear about personal growth, building a better business, inspirational life stories, and personal branding. You'll find it every day at voiceamericaempowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G A B R I E L L A V A N R I J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. Hi, everyone. We're back with Might Radio and with an interesting guest, Ramon Guillen, and the best uh, organization standing for building empowerment by stopping trafficking. This is serious, uh, listeners. This is a, a subject where we're learning the differences between uh, sex trafficking, labor trafficking, smuggling, dead bondage, all these words that we shouldn't even be knowing what it means. But unfortunately, we live in a world that we hear these things, but you, the listener, and I, 
and everyone can help by looking out for the person who cannot come forward. And this is my next question to you, Ramon. I um, speak in, in, in assemblies in schools uh, in North America. And one of the things that I know it's not human trafficking, but it's, it's so saddening to have a child come up to you between the ages of 11 and 15, prepubescent girls that tell you that they've, they basically have been molested sexually at home for a long time. And usually their mothers know about it, but they tell the girls that this is a way of life. And I, as, as a speaker there, don't always know what it is that I can offer them and how I can help. So that's my question. How can I help? And your organization helps in these cases too, right? Yes. Um, it's, minors have very... Um complicated, I mean, all, all human trafficking victims have a complicated relationship with their traffickers. Um, all of them establish uh, some, to some degree some level of uh, trauma based on the type of, of victimization that they've been exposed to. Minors that have been exposed to sex crimes uh, and are trafficked uh, as victims of sex crimes, they have a particularly hard time conveying their message because a minor as the average age of a, of a prostitute that is starting uh, in this country uh, is 13 years old. And the victim often is forced to have sex with men or women uh, between anywhere between 15 to 30 times a day, depending on, on the situation. And this trauma... I cringe so, when you say that. Yeah. It, <laughs> Sorry it, it, about that, but it's terrible. It is, ter- it is terrible, and our, in, in, a, in an event where a person, a minor, is identified to be a victim of human trafficking, the worst thing a person can do is stigmatize them or judge them. Um, this is not something that should be uh, used against the victim in any way, shape, or form. Every state has their own laws on how to deal with victims of human, of, of, I'm sorry, how to deal with victims of sex crimes and minors. The very first thing that needs to be done is to contact 911. Um, get that child out of the environment that they're in. It needs to end. Whatever the situation happens, it needs to end. Whatever guidelines the state has to deal with victims of human and relocate the victims of human trafficking needs to happen. Uh, immediately after calling 911, uh, call our hotline. Our hotline is 855-BEST-811. That's 855-237-8811. Uh, give, this, give us a tip. We will see if we can get an attorney assigned to that minor and offer services. And, and you know, a guardian ad litem is a system that, you know, some states have them. Most states have them. They're very, very good uh, at helping minors. But let's just be honest. How does a guardian ad litem who's been trained on helping children – are they trained to help victims of human trafficking? Are they trained on helping sex abuse victims that they've been for two, maybe three years, forced to have sex with 15 to 20 people on a daily basis for that entire time? It's impossible for anybody to even fathom the kind of trauma that these victims have. And they usually lash out at school. 
they mm-hmm. they have a hard time dealing with their own you know issues they don't feel safe where they're they're at they can join gangs they're part of gangs sometimes it's it's part of gang initiation to have themselves uh tricked out in that form but but in the case of this girl that i'm i'm talking to you about most of these girls uh, between 11 and 15 when i talk to them and like i said to you i'm i'm not well equipped of course but when I talk to them, this is the first thing they don't want to leave their home. Then that's the only security they know. They'd rather have this go on till about I don't know till they can't stand it anymore and run away. Then it's even worse, right? Because then you're telling me that they're going to run away and fall into the system of human trafficking and sex trafficking, correct? That is absolutely correct. Oftentimes, victims of human, I'm sorry, victims of sexual assault and sexual violence in their home, uh, you know, are trafficked by uh, people who are stationed sometimes at bus stops to recruit minors. Um, there are, you know, victims, and most of them are come from poor socioeconomic backgrounds. It does not mean that all victims come from those backgrounds. That is not no, the case. Of any person from any background can can be trafficked, but oftentimes we do see it where a minor is from an abusive home. They run away, and then they get they they get trafficked. So you know the best approach, uh, the best model. Uh, that we offer is when we identify them, we speak with these minors, we try and, you know, provide some sense of normalcy. We communicate with them in a way that opens the minor up to discussion. And it's not an easy process. This is an incredibly complicated process. It requires extensive training and best provides training to help the minors through or through these, these situations, to help the person who's speaking, the life coach, through this uh, you know, interview process and best law attorneys through this interview process. We offer a course of 152 hours um, where there is uh, several exams, there are several sessions of practice where we practice with uh, model uh, victims of trafficking. We discuss, um, you know, different theories and how to approach a victim best. We, we identify the victim using our matrix, um, and then we continue to interview um, as best we can uh, to generate a timeline that, is, that we could use to establish, you know, what happened, when did it happen, how did it happen, who was there, so that if the victim chooses to, you know, prosecute the trafficker, then the victim has the tools available to him or her to do it in the least traumatic way possible. Okay. One more important question that I have, and I think every listener has that ever since uh, CNN and every single media outlet in the United States um, came up with the story of 105 arrests in I don't know how many states of human trafficking. Remember, they found all these young children. And it was all one big, um, I don't know how to call it, trafficking gang, or they were all related to each other, the whole group, right? Even yeah. though it was in different states. I heard, and, and that makes me cringe again, is that all these young children, some are adults already today, of course, uh, have been found. And then unfortunately, three days later, some of these children are back on the street because... That is safety to them. Where well, I mean, can we have housing for them? Because 
they should be, I mean, I mean, they're at a police station. I, I can just imagine myself. You're, you're displaced, you're at a police station, and, and you're totally lost because it was easier to be where you were than to start talking about everything that has happened to you. And after the police have the information that they need, it's like the victim seems to be not, I mean, I'm just telling you my point of view, that's what I saw. It seems that the victim is not important to the police anymore. And we let them slip through our fingers, whereas we need to give them all the guidance and all the support we can to make them reintegrate into our society. So what can we do for that? Well, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up. Operation Cross Country is the, I believe, the, the incident you're referring to where 150 yeah. traffickers were arrested and 105 minor children were freed from the lifestyle of victims of human trafficking. Um, the FBI... Victim specialists are following up and making sure that victims receive the appropriate referrals and resources in their communities. Um, at least that's what I've been told with regards to this particular program. And we have volunteered to offer our services to the FBI, and, and we're currently working with them to see if we can get some representation for those victims. Um, with regards to uh, any minors that may have been reintegrated into the lifestyle, remember, every every person has... Uh, every every victim has a choice, um, a choice to leave or a choice to enter. And oftentimes, as you mentioned, they, victims of trafficking have a very strong bond to their trafficker. This Stockholm Syndrome is multiplied by 10, 15 times what a normal kidnapping victim might have because they have developed such a dependency on this person that any – because their life – was turned upside down when they got trafficked, and then they got used to their new lifestyle, the fear of having their lifestyle returned upside down can be stronger than anything else. And let's face it, going to, in a police department, you know, in a, in a some kind of interrogation room to ask questions of a victim may be in the best interest of the state, but sometimes it's not in the best, almost every single time, it's not in the best interest of the victim, because that is a re-traumatization, a re-victimization of the minor, or the, the 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 adult who is being trafficked, and it's hard for untrained, you know, um, ill ill trained or, or not sufficiently trained law enforcement that do a fantastic job, you know, tr- catching these criminals. Um, it, it's hard for them to understand how to communicate with these victims in a way that doesn't alienate them and cause them to want to run back to the lifestyle that they had. So they want to grab hold of anything that's, that's stable, anything that keeps them in their mind safe, and they'll reach for whatever lifeline they have. And oftentimes they're convinced that police department is not going to give them any safety because the traffickers force them to commit crimes, keep the evidence so that they can blackmail these children and these adults into staying with them because if they go to the police and they say something, then guess what? That evidence gets turned over to the police as well, and it's a fruit of a crime, and then they go to jail. And, you know, or the trafficker says, if you tell them anything, I'll kill your mom, I'll kill, I'll kill your dad, or I'll traffic your little sister. You know, this is the kind of people that we deal with. You know, it's, it's not an easy situation. It's not, you know, black and white. We'd love it to be, but it's not. It is very complicated, and it requires training. Training is so important to understand what we can do. 
Could you, uh, before we go into commercial break, could you mention the website letter by letter so that people know that if they want training, they can um, they can go straight to your website and repeat the hotline just before we go into commercial break? Yes, of course. Uh, the website is beststoptrafficking.org. That's B-E-S-T-S-T-O-P. T-R-A-F-F-I-C-K-I-N-G dot org. And if you go, go to the programs tab, you'll scroll down and you'll see accreditation coach training. You'll see our different trainings that we offer under best training. And you can see how we can help law enforcement. We can train law enforcement. We can train judges. We can train attorneys in our best laws program. And our hotline number is 855-BEST-811. That's 855 855- Two three seven eight eight one one, and please give us a call if you have any questions about what services we can help you with and how we can help your community. Okay, thank you so much, Ramon. Let's go into uh, a commercial break, and we'll be right back. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus drug discount card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance, and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies. But 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Start saving today. Print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word Talk Radio to 96362. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite twice every week, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety and on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to share success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Hear about personal growth, building a better business, inspirational life stories, and personal branding. You'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A-V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. Hi, everyone, and we're back with my radio with the subject, Understanding the Difference Between Sex and Labor Trafficking, the Best Model, and How You Can Help. Ramon, we're at the last part of our our segment already, but there's so many questions I have for you. One, I would love if you gave me a little bit more description about the human smuggling, because we often don't know what the difference is. Okay, well, yes. 
human smuggling happens often when a person from a different country chooses to come into this country, um, and they do so without any kind of legal uh, support, any visas or anything of that nature. And the way it happens is there's an entity, a person, a coyote often, who smuggles a person into this country for a fee. That fee can range anywhere between five to $20,000 a person, depending on where you're coming from and who is bringing you. Um, and once you get here, you have to pay upon arrival. So uh, the way oftentimes these traffickers work is they'll find a coyote who has not gotten paid, they'll pay the debt to the coyote, and then they tell the victim, you now work for me until you pay off this debt. So the victim has been relocated. They're no longer where their support network is. They are in a situation where they're in a different country, and they are required to perform services until the act has been fulfilled. And an interest rate is usually put on top of the debt that is so high that even if the person works continuously, they will not be able to afford anything, or, or they're not going to be able to afford to pay off that debt, especially considering the fact that the trafficker is providing food, shelter, and charging the victim for that food and that shelter and keeping them in a perpetual state of debt to force them to do work, in essence, for free. So if a person comes to this country by themselves, it's complicated enough, but when they come with family, you have four or five people that are brought into this country. This debt is now exponentially increased. These victims are typically separated from their families, and their families are forced to do different types of services in exchange for the work. And until all the debt is paid, all five of them are enslaved or four of them are enslaved by the trafficker until either they die, which the average lifespan of a, of a labor trafficker or, or a sex trafficker is seven years uh, mm -hmm. from the point of them being trafficked. So that's the difference between, you know, human smuggling, which is bringing a person into this country illegally and then letting them go, and human trafficking, which is relocating the person and then taking control of them once they arrive in this country and exploiting them once they arrive. All right. And that's how you get into, what did you call it before? Let me look at my notes. Dead, dead bondage. bondage. That's how yes. you get into the dead bondage. But, they basically never earn money because the trafficker wants to keep them in debt for the rest of their lives, right? That is correct. Well, the way it works is if they ask for money from the trafficker, the trafficker says, well, if I give you money, you're going to have to start accruing interest. So let's just use an example of a, of a migrant worker, uh, a person that one would think is a migrant worker, but is in reality a human trafficking victim. And these victims often don't think of themselves as victims. They often just think of themselves as working off to pay a debt. So they'll tell them, hey, listen, I need money to pay for food or I need money to buy myself an alcohol, I need money to send f money back home to my family. The trafficker will say, well, if I give you $200, you're going to have to pay me $250 by the end of the week, and if you don't, it's going to go onto your, onto your tab. So then the person doesn't get the $50 because they never get paid by the trafficker to begin with, and that just adds to their interest rate, it adds to their debt, and no matter how much they work, they're never going to finish paying off that debt. Mm -hmm. How many cases do you know like that in the United States in the last couple of years? Are there 
cases like this? Oh, there's there's tens of there's hundreds of thousands of people that are trafficked annually, as I mentioned earlier, as to whether an agricultural debt bondage situation exists. That happens so much; it, it happens everywhere. Um, as to specific numbers, I do, I can't tell you the exact no. statistics. I and is it more you. in California because of the agriculture and the beautiful weather and having strawberries and blueberries and all that kind of stuff all year long, or am I seeing that wrong? I can tell you where I've seen strong concentrations, personally. Um, we, we have, uh, yes, California is a very uh, heavy state for that because there's such a high immigrant population. Um, also, there's areas where apples are grown because orchards of apples is a really there's a large number of people that are, are trafficked in those areas. Um, mm-hmm. Also in South Florida, in the Redlands, um, we have, in Homestead specifically, there's a lot of people that are trafficked there, people from the Caribbean. Um, it, it, Texas has a very big problem with uh, victims of, of trafficking that are labor trafficked for agricultural purposes. Uh, but there's also industrial slavery, people that are work, forced to work in, in factories and have the same debt bonded situation there. They're forced to do textiles. A lot of people that happens in, in other foreign countries, they have these warehouses that they make, uh, you know, different fashion merchandise, and they're forced to work in these labor-type situations and that are deplorable, and they risk dying. In fact, I believe there was a factory that, that collapsed in Indonesia, I believe. Um, yeah, I heard that. That, that this happened, I think it was earlier this year. And there was a, a very serious problem with, with these victims that were forced to, to work and they weren't getting paid and they were living in these deplorable conditions and very unsafe. But, but aren't the factories regulated? Isn't there um, FDA approval for factories? I, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> well, there's there's approval for factories if if the industry requires it. Um, FDA just monitors the quality of the food, not necessarily the labor force. And if there is, oftentimes traffickers go out of their way to hide the traffic uh, victims from those that are investigating and inspecting. So it's more of a, here, let's resolve this issue. You know, can can the government do more in that regard? Of course they can. They can require uh, the victims, I'm uh, sorry, the, the business owners to register all the people that are working on their farm. Will that ever happen? We hope. No. Yeah. But, uh, one more question because we're getting really close to the end of the segment. Average Joe, I'm near an, an, an orchard. What is it that I'm looking for? What is it that I should watch? Well, that's Let's say I'm a neighbor. If you have a, a farm near your home um, or you're, you're driving by your farm, you want to look for uh, trailers that are near a farm. You want to see if there's a person on the field with a gun. Um, if you see a person on the field with some kind of firearm or some kind of weapon, that is a clear indicator that these people that are on the field aren't doing what they're doing willingly. Or they're maybe doing it you know, willingly but under threat of force, which negates the the consent. So you're looking for, um, you know, large concentrations of, of uh, victims located and housed in one particular area. You see a, a barn in the morning open up with, you know, 15 uh, farmers coming out of the barn. That is an indicator that there's victims being trafficked. Um, if you see um, in the farmlands, if you see physical abuse of any kind, on any person, call 911. Um, that is a clear okay. indicator. 
that they are victims of human trafficking on the farm. Okay. Ramon, I thank you so much for having come on this show. It thank you for having me. It's amazing to have someone so eloquently explain to us the differences between labor trafficking, sex trafficking, death bondage, and I wish I didn't have to know any of these words, and human smuggling. But uh, unfortunately, there seems to be a big demand, and it all has to, it turns around and has to do with money, doesn't it? Well, yes, we could always um, – money is always a, a situation that victims have to experience, have to suffer with. But our organization has uh, – you know, we try and provide the services that we can afford. Uh, we have some help from the government, and we have some help from from private donors. If people are interested in donating to our organization, you can go to okay. our website – at beststoptrafficking.org, and you can find there a link as to how you can get involved and participate if your organization would like to help. And and we are a non-government organization, and we are a 501c3 for purposes of taxes. Everything is deductible. So you're welcome to contact our our organization uh, using our website. Or I'll do that. Hello? I'll do that. Fantastic, Ramon. Thank you so much. And everyone, thank you for listening to my radio. And next week, we're back with another interesting subject. Thank you very much. Thank you again for joining us this week. Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray can be heard every Friday at noon Eastern Time, 9 Pacific Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week. And until our next show, think of a random act of kindness that you can perform. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.